0: You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit our website at insideactingpodcast.com.
1: Welcome to episode 102, 102 oh true One oh true of Inside Acting. My name is AJ Meyer. <laughs> I'm
0: Trevor Algot,
1: And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, agents, managers, casting directors, and multi-hyphenates, ha-ha, and we put it uh, between, we put it in like a little sandwich, like a little Oreo cookie, where we talk on the yeah. ends of the sandwich, and then the meat and the, and the cheese and the mustard are in the middle, and that's the interview, that's the guest. I mean, like and then we deliver it to a deli called iTunes.
0: <laughs> Damn, dude! Boom. That's right. And you the just deli- got analogous. analogous. <laughs> and the deli is just staffed by these two dudes who just decided to open a deli one day. Um, they don't really have any more sandwich making capabilities than anybody <laughs> else. To continue our analogy, so uh, you know, if you chase, if you eat some of their sandwiches, and you are like, guys, this sandwich tastes a little weird. Or something like that, you know, they're very open to feedback. We're talking about ourselves in the third person now, using a deli analogy. So this is a very creative episode already. <laughs> but uh, all that is to say that if you hear something on the show that you're maybe not cool with, or maybe that you just love and you're like, that changed my life, I love you guys, and I needed to call and tell you, uh, we, we're open to both kinds of feedback. So uh, start by getting in touch with us via the website, com.
1: And on this episode, we have part two... Of what will now be a three part interview Correct Trevor? That's correct A three part interview with a multi hyphenate Actor, producer, did he direct As well? Or? I don't,
0: I think he was Involved in the directing, I wouldn't say he's a director But I would say that he did have creative input
1: Let's say actor producer uh, Mr. Oh, actor producer slash Friend, Yes, Ace Marrero
0: Yes, longtime friend of the show
1: So stick around for that So you may be asking yourself. <laughs> this is not my beautiful house. <laughs> why, why are these two crazies talking about deli sandwiches? And well, Trevor's hopped up on Vicodin and I'm on Dayquil and other things. There I'm may be a that. lot of coughing and Trevor may, might not make a whole lot of sense. He it, goes in and out. The there's Vicodin there's like no comes. might.
0: There's no might. It's just, yeah. I'm not going to make a lot of sense.
1: The Vicodin comes and goes. It's really yeah. funny. It's almost like he gets <laughs> m- like temporarily high or something or drunk. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like, like, yeah, earlier we were making the outline for the episode and he started saying everything backwards from what he had written down. I was like, dude, that's your name and that's my name. You're flipping it. But you
0: know what? My wrist doesn't hurt at all right now. So it's it's a give and take, man. Pro and con. <laughs> it
1: works out great.
0: <laughs> so uh, there it is. How are you, man? Tell them about pennies. Tell them about the pennies. Oh. <laughs> So, I ran into this um, this really cool chick over the weekend uh, at an event, and I was showing her my scar, because chicks dig scars, and um, she she used to be in, like, sports rehab, physical therapy type stuff, and I asked her, you know, what, what can I be doing for this, short of, of going to a full-blown physical therapist, which I'm going to do, it just hasn't happened yet. So, you know, I was like, in the interim, what can I be doing? And she gave me a couple pointers, and she said, one thing you can be doing is is doing like really kind of specific dexterous type stuff, like picking pennies off a table or off the ground or something, something like, you know, kind of difficult for your fingers to do. And I was kind of like, I was like picking pennies off a table. Like really? Like I got this. I've been like doing all sorts of crazy stretches. I can pick a penny off the table lady. And, uh, and I got home and I was like alright let's 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 pick a penny off the table and it was like for 10 minutes I was like fucking penny come here <laughs> damn it you know, it took like forever man and it was the hardest thing and my fingers just I would not I wish this was cooperate. a video
1: episode so we could see you like fumbling around <laughs> yeah. on the table
0: that's pretty much uh, how it went and I tried it again today and it's still the same so I got a oh I got a God. long way to go with this thing man that's so funny Um, yeah but what I've been doing actually just to kind of put a positive spin on this is I've been taking a picture of the skull every day and it heals for me at least because i it's on my arm i see it every day for me i see it healing a little more every day so i'm taking a picture every day and at the end of like six months or whenever it finally starts to fade into the rest of the skin i'm going to do a little time lapse video oh creeper. to show how it like just like faded in i'm i'm kind of stoked about that these are the things that keep me afloat during this
1: difficult it time it does it does sound cool actually yeah to be completely honest yeah it so. sounds really cool
0: um, but that's that's really all that's new in my world, man. It's just picking pennies off a table, <laughs> really, and not having Mary very much success, uh, and staring at my scar. How about you, man? What's new in your world? Your show opened. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we talked about that actually. Your show opened. You. Yeah, like my show that.
1: opened. Well, I talked about um, booking this feature on the last episode, and I shot it this weekend. That's right. So. You had
0: just one day, right?
1: Yeah, it was one day. One day shooting um, on Sunday. Unless they call me back, let's all source that. Shall it me? happens, man. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Um. Maybe some ADR because there was like some really weird audio stuff that day. We were outside and they, they ran out. It's, you know, it's, uh, lower budget films. They ran out of microphones at one point, and you know, of course, the leads had to have the. the they ran
0: out of microphones. They ran out of the
1: lapels. Oh, like they didn't have enough for the, the cast members. Yeah. Okay. So they, gotcha. Well, they had enough for the stars of the movie. Gotcha, gotcha, but They were gotcha. all in the scene. Like I was in the scene. I was in a scene with like every star in the movie save like two and they weren't boom micing it also they were boom micing also but somebody made a joke about adr and i was like yeah bring me in buddy <laughs> i'll More take money. It. i'll take it yeah cool yeah. cool um so there was that uh it was cool man i got to hang out with adam brody and Leeton meester and it was i mean you know that is I was amazing on, i don't know who the second set. guy
0: is but that's still amazing
1: <clears throat> the second guy is actually a girl i don't uh, know who the
0: second girl is but that's still amazing and yeah, she's probably not. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, she's cute, man. She's cute. They're, they're, I don't want to say I, I don't want say too it. much because they're actually dating. No, it was cool. Like, you know, I was in actor holding, quote unquote, which ended up being like this guest house because they had base camp and the place they were shooting and they were like three houses away from one another and they actually, it's crazy. I was talking to somebody. I don't think they were, I think they were like an AD or something like that. Not like a locations scout or something, but they, I found out. That they found these places on my pick of the week, which we'll talk about later. AirBnb, no which is why it's my pick of the week. Um, awesome, awesome. So <clears throat> they were like three houses away from each other, and we went. and it, The actors were being held in like this guest house um, that was like when you walked outside of the guest house, you were in the backyard that was the sh- set right. that we shot on. You know, it was just I was like in that room with you know the stars of the movie. Like it was just cool, and you know there was there was some there was some definite like. um, awkwardness and weirdness when I was on broken horses. Like I felt like, Oh my God, this is my first feature. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Oh my God. And like not walking on eggshells, but really feeling like not uh-huh. in the right, like I wasn't in the right place. And right. for some reason, like I didn't have those conversations this time. And I just went in and I was just like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm among just like friends. I'm You're among, among friends. Exactly. I'm among friends. I'm supposed to be here. I'm meant to be here. So like we were all in that room, like, just like telling stories and watching YouTube, showing each other YouTube videos and just being silly and like taking naps. Like at one point, like Adam, the other actor that was in the scene with me and me were like asleep on three different couches. Like, you know, cause we were waiting for them to call us to set. Like, right. it was just, it was just a good time. It was that just so fun. so cool, man. And I spent the whole day doing that, you know? not Congratulations. sleeping i actually worked. Right, right. <laughs> calm down everyone
0: well you know get used to it man get used to it because clearly this is something that's going to continue
1: hmm yeah buddy yeah so that happened cool. um which was cool and uh, you know my understudy went on for me so so and what are you show, gonna do which was weird
0: oh that's right that's right in your show while you were shooting yeah wow yeah so cool. i don't know i mean i hope it went well hopefully not too well. Um, So question for you, what are you going to do now that you've wrapped on this project? Are you going to follow up with them? How are you going to stay in communication with these people?
1: Um, I don't, I I don't have too many people's contact information. Mm -hmm. Um, like I did with, um, I didn't really with broken horses. I just kind of figured it out. I went to like people's websites and nice figured it out. But with this one, it's not the same thing. So, i i don't know maybe i'll i'll definitely follow up with the casting director because mm-hmm. they're awesome and then you know i'm sure my manager and i will keep in touch with somebody somehow oh you know what it is they invite they they invited me to the rap party oh they sweet. said keep there an eye go. on your inbox you know you'll get an invitation to the rap party so awesome so there so you go i'll I'll continue to make connections there yeah there you go cool man
0: for sure well congratulations again <laughs> Every episode I'm congratulating you on something awesome. And before we wrap up with you, because you've got a lot of news, you graduated from PhD. Yeah, I did, yeah. So graduated. like you, you've 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 done a lot of this is this is from what I understand the highest highest, you know, quote unquote highest, but the top level training that that in my sometime
1: in the next six weeks I will actually receive a Yes or no on whether or not they are recommending me to start train, like actual trainer training.
0: Now, is that something that you're interested in?
1: <sighs> yes and no. Um, I'm interested in it in that I love transformational work. I love supporting people in, you know, the, the, having their breakthroughs and creating the life that they want and all of that. And that's why I, you know, enroll people into these programs all the time because I really believe in them and I know you do as well. I don't in that. I can see myself really easily getting distracted by it. In other words, like I'm, I, I feel like I could really easily go off on a tangent and spend a lot of time, money and energy doing that. Right. That being said, the master trainers make bank a whole lot of money. Yeah. <coughs> they make a lot of money. Bank. And, um, and they work all over the world, different centers, things like that. And, um, so I was actually invited by, um, one of the master trainers to, accompany him to, uh, Spain yeah. in August. And I'm, I'm, I'm considering it. Like I'm thinking about going, even though it's not really my vision, it's not really what I want to be doing with my life, but oh, okay. So you're inviting me to Spain. Awesome. Number one, uh-huh. uh, awesome. Number two, he wants me to basically be shadowing him Yeah, in the training because they just opened two new centers in Spain. And you know, number three, like, to be in to be working with somebody at that level, re- it really is an opportunity to actually say, like, well, I could make inroads in this, you know. Yeah. And he's he's making it sound like you know it would not be something he would charge me for, which most of the trainers do, right? Like they actually charge to for you to shadow them and, and that's learn from them. Pretty good indication
0: too, I think, that you're going to get a positive recommendation. <laughs> if before the thing even ended you were invited to shadow him in Spain at these new center i mean that's pretty awesome dude yeah, So
1: yeah, I mean, it was definitely, I definitely took it as feedback. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great yeah. feedback. But Good like you feedback, said, the, yeah. the real question is, is that something I'm interested right, in? Right, right. And it's like, I didn't, I never, I even said that when I went into PhD, I was like, I'm not interested in being a trainer, but I am interested in applying trainer, trainer level leadership distinctions in my life. Mm-hmm. And that is actually, if, if there was one thing I wanted to talk about in terms of graduating from PhD, it's that I really came into recognition this weekend of how much I have been and how much I am and how much I'm going to continue to be living those leadership distinctions in every domain in my life. Yeah. Because I've been in a transformational process for almost an entire year because I went into their basic workshop in May of last year. So it's mm-hmm. almost been a year. So to have this be the culmination and have having been doing this work for a year, I'm like, Whoa, that's first of all, that's crazy. And I'm just like looking at what I created in that time And number two, the results are starting to show up. So like two feature films, plays, you know, I've done two, two professional theater productions, two feature films since then, um, voiceover work. Mm -hmm. So in terms of my career, the results are starting to show. And also I'm applying those learns and those distinctions in every area of my life. So like when it comes to relationships, familial relationships, romantic relationships, financial relationships, uh, my my money and finance domain mm-hmm. of my life, career, you know, health and fitness, like it's being applied in all these different areas. And I'm seeing results and seeing progress in all of those different areas. This weekend very much not only felt like a culmination of the work that I've been doing, but it also very much felt like a springboard.
0: A springboard into... Uh,
1: into the rest of my life. Like essentially uh-huh. like... From here, I go. I continue. From here, I right, go up. Right. From here, I keep doing the work, but but really applying it in my life. Not that I haven't been before, right? But yeah. that I really have been, am, and continue to be applying it in my in my life.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, this <coughs>
1: I recognize that this is a difficult kind of juncture
0: because, like, I'm thinking now of all the people that have dreams. You know, they graduate from school and they've got their dream, and they take some. I mean, to kind of. Kind of analogize a little bit, but you know, I have a lot of friends who graduated from school and they they had theater degrees and they were excited. They work in the industry and they took a job at an insurance company or something, and they're making bank selling insurance and it's just good enough to kind of keep them there. And they always kind of wish they had mm-hmm. taken a, a go at the acting thing, but mm-hmm. they're making such good money. And then all of a sudden they've got a mortgage and kids and a car payment, yep. and then they're forty, and then they're like, yep. wait a second. So it's like, but with this, it's a little bit different because the trainer track is so, um, it's so influential. It's so, like, the the personal investment is so, I I would imagine, is so much greater than, you know, maybe slinging insurance deals. I, I don't know. I'm totally... you know what I I mean? Like, but at the same time, it's like, I could see how that could just suck you in and then 10 years could go by and you could go, wait, I I, I was going to be, I wanted to be an actor.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, my vision for my life and my vision for the world is to transform the entertainment industry.
0: I love that. Yeah. So if I get
1: to do that as an actor, great. And if I get to do that as a transformational trainer or both, I mean, regardless, you know, I think I said, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast, but one of the <clears throat> the guy who created the PhD program, one of the first things he said to me, it was either on like the very first training weekend of PhD or early on in the program. He said, I don't want you to be an actor who occasionally leads. I want you to be a leader who happens to act. Right. And I think everyone should approach their life that way. It's like whatever it is that you're passionate about or whatever it is that you quote unquote do for a living, that's a doing, but your uh-huh. ways of being should be, you should be, we should all be leaders in our life and in every domain of our lives. And that will quote unquote trickle down to yeah, every aspect, yeah. everything that you do.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's, that's like a direct to draw another analogy. Um, in the voiceover class that I was teaching on Tuesday, this came up a couple times with the material is people, you know, we talk about characters and when you, when you're doing, um, commercials or different copy that requires you to be a specific character or put on a dialect or something, you know, that there's a very big distinction that needs to be made when that happens. And I know a lot of our listeners are familiar with this concept and that's, do I be the character and try and give them what they want or do I be me and modify a piece of myself to, to kind of go in the direction of that character? It's like, which is more powerful. Do I try to please them or do I be me and give them what I could do in that direction, in that vein? And I think the second option is much more powerful they I always want th- originality. They want genuineness. They want authenticity. And that's, that's so powerful to come from like, this is me. This is my brand. I have branches of my brand, but I'm not going to like try and fit a mold for you. I'm going to give you mm-hmm. what I can do. And if you like mm-hmm. it, take it. If not, then cool. We'll work together on something else. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a, it's a subtle sh- It's a subtle <clears throat> difference, but it's important.
1: I think there's so much argument for that second that option. Number two, you know, um, including, yeah, what you were just saying about authenticity and uniqueness, I think is really where it's at. It's like nobody else can be you. Mm -hmm. So be the best you, you can be. And no one else is going to come in with that audition. Yeah. No one, because no one can replicate you or who you are. There was, there was a spot, uh, there was a spot during the super
0: bowl that we talked about in the class on Sunday. Um, Target usually, I'm sorry, Walmart usually has a, their slogan, their positioning statement is, um, live better, pay less, Walmart. And it's usually phrased like that, live better, pay less, Walmart. It's meh, meh, Um But for the Super Bowl, there was a commercial where it was not geared towards their typical audience. I think most Walmart commercials are geared towards kind of like the housewife, like 30, 40 something mother. Um if you just kind of look at them generally speaking. Very few are actually directed specifically at like the guy who like builds shit on the weekends in his backyard and likes to tailgate with his friends and stuff like that. There's a few, but not many.
1: Right, but it was during the Super Bowl, so they so this, changed it.
0: Yeah, and so the guy who who did the voiceover for that didn't do Live Better, Pay Less, Walmart. He was like, Live better, pay less, Walmart. Like he just totally switched it up. And the conversation that we had was did the guy book that job because he brought that to the audition or did they tell him to do that mm. and i think it's probably the former i think he probably mm. went in and was one of the very few actors who was like this is geared towards guys who grill on the weekend they don't want to hear live better pay less walmart they want to hear like something more kind of in their vein yeah Pretty and yeah so earthy. i don't know just a thought that popped into my head interesting when we're talking yeah. about that yeah that's great Uh, cool. So we have an uh voicemail number one from Lee who calls in from uh what
1: Minneapolis? Yeah, I think so.
2: Hey Trevor and AJ, this is Lee Foster calling
0: from uh Minneapolis, Minnesota. Just wondering because like I've been considering moving
1: to California for about a year now and I I just got uh represented in Chicago, so I'm crossing to Chicago, um Congratulations. Just because I'm yeah. the
0: main thing that I'm kind of worried about in California is the driving. I hate driving. Uh, oh boy! I just really don't like it. I don't like being in traffic. I've never liked driving. I, I much prefer being on the train or or the bus or being on the walk or bike. And I feel yeah. like if I got to California, I would just I would it, that part would destroy me. <laughs> uh,
2: so I just wanted to know, like, from you guys. What is it actually like? Can you describe a day? (laughs) You know, you get a call from your agent. Where is it likely to be? Is Uh it a half an hour away? Is the audition an hour away? I mean, how does that work? If you guys Mm -hmm. could just uh, explain that and tell me how you guys feel about it. And I think that would be really beneficial to a lot of your listeners who uh, don't have a whole lot of experience in California and are considering moving there. Thanks Uh a lot, guys. Bye.
0: So, Lee, uh, I'm going to take this one because I come from a very similar place. I'm not a huge fan of driving. I prefer to take public transportation, actually, whenever I can. Uh, I used to like to bike. (laughs) Not anymore. Um, And, you know, walking, that kind of thing. I I just prefer that. Um, And I also come from kind of a a minor market. I grew up in a suburb outside of Philly where everything was about 10, 15 minutes away, driving-wise. Like You never had to worry about traffic or any of that stuff uh, for the most part. That said, uh, get used to sitting in traffic in L.A. When you said, is it like you go to an audition sitting in traffic for an hour and then you go to another and it's an hour and a half? I mean, a typical day, it varies on where you are and and the time of day. But generally speaking, you're going to spend several hours uh, of your time every day sitting in traffic. No, it's not off. I mean, it's not completely unbearable most of the time. Most of the time, it's it's... It's, you can, it's tolerable, but there are, you're going to have those moments where you're like, Oh my God. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think we all, we all know that basically whatever you've heard about LA traffic, it's probably worse in reality. <laughs> um, but that's not to say that it's like absolute hell there. I mean, there are plenty of times where I get around just fine and you get around just fine. I mean,
1: there's so many factors. I mean, it really, yeah. like you said, it depends on where you live, what time of day, where you're going, which direction you're going. You know, and sometimes people choose What's where shooting <laughs> oh, oh, God. Sometimes they'll close off streets. <coughs> you have no idea. Yeah. Um or Obama's in town. Yeah. Um yeah. which has happened several times. Yeah a lot of people will actually choose the location they l- choose to live based on, you know, where auditions are like Trevor and I have not chosen the most ideal. Trevor has a better uh, location than I do, but we haven't chosen the most ideal places. I live in Santa Monica, which is way on what we call the West side because it's, it's near the beach. And then uh, a lot of the auditions are in Hollywood, North Hollywood, Burbank, mm-hmm. <clears> which, <throat> Oaks, yeah, yeah, which is an hour um, to an hour and a half drive. Um, I put my ears perked up when I heard your voicemail Lee because I'm actually doing a shut my show that we've been talking about is actually in Pasadena and that has been a harrowing experience because without traffic like midnight it's like a 40 minute drive <laughs> yeah it's about 30 to 40 minutes <laughs> from your at, place at night Depends, with yeah. no tra- in the middle of the night with no traffic so with traffic um, it has taken me sometimes on occasion rarely 2 hours to get there. Right. Well, here's a great place to plug
0: Waze again. I mean, Waze is a great app that we talked about yeah. uh, that was your pick of the week maybe yep. a dozen, you know, maybe 10 episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And from from what I understand, it it's real time. It actually gathers information from from other ways users and based on how fast you're moving where you are it will actually redirect you the side streets you can use the fastest route yeah. to get somewhere and so that's been a lifesaver i know for for both of us yeah
1: well and then ben and i have started i mean i don't know if you do this but ben and i have started um putting in the address and starting it and then just leaving it like on our desk while we work if we got to be somewhere oh, so no we can way. watch the arrival time tick up and then when it gets to about be about like you know 15 minutes to when we're supposed to be there we'll leave
0: that's a really good idea
1: you know so wow, wow. you know it's whatever you can do but it is something that it just must be dealt with uh-huh. in Los Angeles yeah. and you know i would say <coughs> if you haven't listened to episode 6 yet with oh, yeah. you might want to go back and listen to that okay. cuz she is a uh, carlos actor in Los Angeles and she makes it work, you know, and Trevor's made it work and he can't drive right now because of his wrist and he has made it work at other points in time in the past, so it can be done. It's just not ideal, especially if you do as much as Trevor and I do. Like, we're involved in a lot of things. Like, we have thrival jobs we have jobs that we've created we have you know jobs that we do we have jobs that we do as an independent contractor we have our theater company we have the podcast we have auditions and stuff building our career as an actor you know we do we often do theater like we're involved in a lot of things so a day is pretty packed meaning we got to get from one place to another and do it rather quickly and expeditiously and a bus ride typically doubles the time that it takes to get anywhere you go at least yeah yeah it it can be
0: done you just need to do a hell of a lot of planning and set your expectations yeah i mean i hope that paints a realistic picture um and that helps lee so thanks for the question and i hope that people listening that had were wondering similar things i hope that (laughs) uh hope that doesn't scare you too much Okay. So we're going to jump into the second part of our chat with Ace. This is the the middle part of the interview. We'll have the, uh, the tail end next week. Um, and this interview picks up where we left off with part one. So we, we kind of jump into the middle of a conversation about him basically connecting with this producer, um, that is, uh, this writer director producer who has kind of facilitated him kind of creating his career over the past few years. So enjoy this guys and we'll see you on the other side.
2: I knew enough about film to know, like, well, if he's shooting on film, he's got to know what he's doing, right? Because there's no, like, delete and start over. You only have a certain amount of stock. So, I was really intrigued. I'm like, okay, well, this this would be good. He shot it. He knew his stuff. I could just tell he was, you know, as a director, he knew his stuff. I was really blown away, you know? And, and he knew his camera. He, knew, he just knew, you know, he knew his set. Mm. And... I was really excited to see this. And then I wasn't able to make the screening of it the day he graduated. And then he sent me the the DVD and I'll never forget popping it in. I was like, whoa. You know, sometimes I get stuff and you watch it for the first time and, you know, I watch it, you know, as an actor, you watch things and you're like, okay, how do I look in this? How do I look? Can I use this? Can I use this in my reel? Can I use this? Yeah. And then you have to go back and watch it again and see, you know, watch the film, you know? Right. But I remember watching this and and it was so cool looking, you know, at that point from anything I had ever worked on, That I was so engaged in it just as a film. And then I was like, holy shit, like this looks great. I hope there's something I could use. Like I totally was thinking opposite of how I normally would. And it ended up being like, you know, some of the best stuff I had in my reel for like the next couple of years. People would be like, what is that from? What movie is that? And I'm like, dude, it was a student film, you know? That's awesome. Um, So I stood in touch with him, obviously, because he was great. And he he ended up, you know, like we look at the film now and obviously we see challenges with it, but, but for what it was at that time, it was really well done, you know? And 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 more importantly, showed that he could direct. Um, so I stood in touch with him, and he sent me the script for Madison County about a couple months later. He had just written it and was um, he just wanted feedback. You know, he was an actor. He's like, you know, we we, we kind of hit it off on set. And he was like, yeah, let me know what you think of the film. You know, I'm just I just wrote it and I kind of want you know somebody to read it, and I was the first person. So I read it and I gave him my thoughts. And it was you know it was a cool story. You know, he's a horror guy. I knew that, and you know, and I saw how this fit into that that whole genre. And, and then that was that, you know, like he had gone on and, and tried to get it made with a couple of different teams and different producers. And, you know, as they do, you know, things were falling through money, wasn't being made available that he was promised and so forth. So over like a year and a half, it just wasn't working out for him. And sort of going back to technology, I was recording these videos. Do you remember the app? Uh, it was, I think it was called kick or quick K I.
0: K-W-I-K, right? It was like it was like the Twitter but for video. Right? Yeah, it was like
2: Q I K or something like or Q- that. Yeah, okay. I forget what it was, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was yeah, when yeah. The, the iPhone, the original iPhone, didn't have video, and they made this thing that you can record video and and yeah, and then tweet it or whatever it was. You know, before Twitter was around. Well, I was recording all these like sort of. You know, it was just like, you know, turn the camera on yourself type of people. I saw a couple of them, yeah. yeah you your know, dog, like, uh, Wolfie. Exactly. With yeah. Wolfie. Like, we'd be on a hike. And I did, like, a little series, like, outdoor LA free, you know, workouts or something. And I'd go to all these spots around town and, you know, record these videos. Well, he was watching these things, apparently, back in Arkansas because he was back there. And, you know, I guess Madison County fell through for the last time. And he was like, he had this idea. He was like, you know, I I just need to do something on my own. I need to do something. I need to do a film. So, he's like... I need to come up with an idea that I could shoot cheap and just do it, you know? He really felt like he need, he was drawn to just fil- film something. So, you know, he later told me, like, he came up with this idea when he was seeing what I was doing with these videos. So, he he basically wrote us uh, an outline. It was like, well, it, was, it wasn't really an outline. It was longer than that, but less than a script. It was like 40 pages, you know, a rough outline of a story. And it was this guy who just kind of goes on this soul searching adventure after breaking up with his girlfriend and he's documenting everything like a video diary, you know, so it would be POV, you know, this was before paranormal activity and all the big, big, you know, found (laughs) footage (laughs) films that we were sort of now, uh, you know, a part of, or or at least our society, um, is, is being exposed to. And, uh, he was just like, yeah. He wrote it, and he called me up. He's like, hey, would you be down to, to come to Arkansas for like a, you know a week or two, and we'll shoot this film. I'll you know put you up and stuff. And I was like, dude, absolutely. I mean, thanks for thinking of me, you know. And he pitched the idea, and I I loved it. And then you know later he told me he's like, yeah, I wasn't gonna do it if you didn't you know, it, I literally wrote it for you. You know what I mean? Cause you, what, all these videos, I thought you'd be perfect. And he's like, and you engage <laughs> enough so on this cool, type man. of thing, you yeah. know, and it was one of these weird things. Power of social media. It totally was. It. And, and I was getting so much, cra- I still get, you know, because I, I'm so active in, in social media, but like my friends at the time, were like, dude, you're putting up all these videos and all these things like, but they would watch them. And, um, and that <laughs> turned into that. Right. And he ended up bringing Daniel Dunn out to film, to DP it, essentially who he had been, They'd gone to the LA Film School with together. They were both film students, and uh, Daniel had a new camera package and stuff. So he was like, "Oh, I brought, I'll bring Daniel out. You know, I know him, and he'll DP. I'll direct. You act, and i will have a couple of local, you know, people help out, like three or four other people. So we filmed this thing, and um, it was the catalyst for Madison County, like it. it, it because that's how I met Daniel, who's our producing partner in Madison and Roadside. Um, Daniel and I hit it off, and then Daniel was like, "You know, I know you were trying to get this film made. You know, he's talking to Eric." and he's like let me take it let me read it he's like because i think i could get money for it you know um so he read it he liked it you know he had some thoughts i things he wanted to do a little different but nothing major and he told Derek, he's like dude i really like what you did with no money for this other film um you know, I would love to do this film, but I want Ace to be in it. I really like Ace. Like, is there a part for Ace? So, you know, oh, he and cool, Eric man. spoke about that. Yeah, and it was one of those, I mean, you know, to get that phone call from Daniel, he was like, oh, you know, have you read Madison? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I read it, you know, a year ago or whatever. And he's like, well, I, I, I'm going to produce it for Eric. I'm going to get the money. And he's like, but I told him I'm only going to do it if you're in it. Would you want to be in it? And I was like, uh. Thank you. I mean, no you know, pressure, that's, man. That's a great question. I mean, you know, I that's I felt so honored, and and I told him I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, he's like, you know, what part? And I was like, well, there's one part that I really liked, and I, I'm not sure if he's changed it or not because I gave him actually notes. I remember about it, you know, because there were two characters that seemed similar, and I was like, I think you can combine these, you know, and and it was the part I ended up playing, you know. And he was like, you really you want to play the lead? And I'm like, no, it's not really the part that a- appeals to me the most, you know. And I was like. My agents are going to always send me for those parts. Like, I want to play these parts because these Mm -hmm. are the parts that I'm Mm -hmm. not going to get sent in for, The you know, the asshole boyfriend or whatever, you know? Like, uh, I'm going to get the leading man parts always going, you know, in terms of audition. So, he was like, all right, you know? And then he asked Eric. Eric was like, well, I mean, I kind of had something totally different in mind. But he's like, dude, you'd be great, you know? And we were – the biggest challenge was then finding my sister because I'm an ethnic guy now in this part. And we have to find a girl that looks like she could be my sister, you know? But uh, that was sort of it. And then I was just in it as an actor. Um, but at the time, SAG Foundation was doing all these awesome uh, panels and stuff on producing, on independent mm-hmm. film producing. Yeah, And I just showed up one day and they were doing a panel. It was like Henry Priest and all these guys have become, gone, you know, to become friends of mine, Henry Priest um, uh, and then a guy named Tom, Tom Malloy. And then there was another producer who I, I never did actually get in contact with but those two gentlemen i did and they just were talking i'm like man i i, I love what they had to say i ended up buying tom's book he's a great book out there it's called bankroll it's really great if you're ever interested in independent you know film yeah, bankroll movie, i by, believe by it's called tom malloy, tom malloy and i okay. believe it's called bankroll the film or something like that but if you look up bankroll tom Malloy, you could find it cool. we'll and, link it on our website for sure yeah, yeah and he it was just very it was very current like he talked about social media he talked about all these things that I didn't see other older films mention you know like today's time you know and even yeah. since that's changed and he's done an update of the book but it just felt very current at the time in 2010 I was like wow this is this is really relevant right now you know so I was I read the book and I was take continuing to take these classes and that's when Daniel approached me about being in Madison County and I was like well maybe I can parlay this into producing somehow this thing with them. So I just started giving them, I asked just actor questions. I was like, okay, you know, is this going to be done this way or this, you know, like unions and right. all this different stuff. And, and I just started giving him information and he was like, I don't know. I never produced a film. Eric never produced a feature. So <laughs> he, none of them knew. And I was just offering advice from what I had learned. And then before you know it, it, it kept on where he kept picking my brain. And then I was in my mind, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to talk to him and see if I can come on as a producer and he asked me first before I could. He was like, wow. dude, you're doing so much, you're going to get a producing credit and I was like, okay, and I was like, if I'm going to get a producing credit, I'm going to earn it so I want to be more of a producer, a more involved producer and I mean, the rest is history. You know, like we we all worked so, I mean, we have such a simple model, but it's like, it's uh it's sort of just a unanimous thing. Like, you know, if, if we all get, we all have to be on board for what we're going to do and it's three people. So sometimes two people want to do one thing and one the other. So we just have to. To all hash, find it out, uh, yeah. uh, hash it out and, and yeah. find it and and thankfully daniel's the money guy you know he's focused on like you know we always joke we're like dude you're gonna be like a harvey weinstein like he's gonna be the guy <laughs> producing you know and like he right. has that mindset uh-huh. eric's obviously the creative and i'm the guy in the middle sort of balancing out the two you know mm-hmm. and, and 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 you're the actor producer exactly yeah. you know so you're the brian cranston or the michael C. Hall, <laughs> right yeah. you know and and so we just really worked well together and then you know i i ended up I mean, you know, as a producer, I do a lot on the film, man. Like, you know, it's not one of these, like, you know, just a title. Like I, 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 you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you've, you've seen so many different things that I've post, but like, I, I mean, I was involved with the editing, you know, we all were in there offering notes, doing things based off of our own perspectives, you know, and like, as an actor, I'm so focused on the story, you know, and, and there are times where they'll laugh where, you know, I'll cut out some of my stuff, you know, or I'll say, I don't think we need this there. Or, you know show somebody else here I don't need to see this of me because it's not the strongest way to tell the story and I'm so involved in that that's my biggest thing you know and um, so I just lend my you know I mean we you know theater dude I mean we read theater scripts all the time those are the best scripts we're ever going to read you know Shakespeare all these other other films our scripts we'll never read better material than that right so I just used like what I knew from Reading, you know, hundreds of theater scripts as as a way to influence what we can tell the story wow. in the best way. And wow. um, that's my influence, you know. And then, and, and of course, I, I offer stuff. I'm like, guys, I don't think this is the best performance from them. Like, I could tell. And then, you know, Eric's obviously as a director. He knows that, too. But we would sort of team up about that. And uh, and then, you know, we had investors that wanted to invest in Madison after we had already been filming, who we'd gone to originally, but they were like, "Ah, oh, you know, we don't." Did you know. show them
0: like dailies or something? No, put like, together but, scenes. To what happened was
2: interest? no. It was uh, Madison County was tracking so highly, and 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 the horror genres picked it up and were running with it. Um, and it was partly because of this idea I came up with of shooting this promotional teaser. And um, if if you put up a link, that that'd be a fun one to show. Like it was sort of just the inspiration sort of, you know, uh, I came up with this idea to shoot this little promotional teaser, essentially like, you know, it's like a, a, like a trailer for the movie, but it wasn't the trailer. It was just like to give people some sort of visual representation of the film before the film was out. Mm -hmm. So that way we could send it to the site with a little, a teaser poster so people could identify the name already with something visually you know right, right and because our society is so different now everything's visual everything's in front of us so quickly i'm like we need to embrace that too and what we have uh, and i was like we can't just w- film wait to film release a trailer and hope that it goes i'm like as an independent film we have to be more grassroots and, and smarter you know what i mean so i yeah. really wanted to push and and use what i knew as a, a way to market myself as an actor, but apply that to a movie. And, right. And right. you know, that's why I was like, you know, guys, let's do this. So we shot that. We actually, our Germany deal for the movie was offered to us when we released that teaser trailer no that way. we shot for Just 100 based hundred bucks. On that? It literally was the same deal we ended up taking two years later it was the first deal that he sent us based off that. It wasn't even the trailer but he thought it was. And the know? budget for that thing was a hundred bucks? It was literally like, I think it spent 114 bucks. Oh you, know? you gotta send us a and, link for that. And, I would love oh, yeah. to see and, that. And, and 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 priced out, like the fa- the things that I pulled, like we shot on this pig ranch up in uh I forget, um oh, I'm blinking. Uh somewhere and somewhere north like santa clarita area or? no it, oh man it's like four letters i'm blanking on the, the city's name it'll it'll come to me but uh it was it literally a, a place where they shoot movies and stuff they're all uh film animals and because i wrote this story with a pig pen you know our killer wears a pig mask and i all this elaborate thing and then eric sort of uh uh rewrote it but like kept a lot of the heart in in it and, and just kind of focused it more on what we already had for the film and uh it would have cost us about thirteen thousand dollars to shoot that thing, and I got for like one hundred fifty bucks because the pigs were like three hundred bucks a pig, and we had like twenty uh, shooting the amount of hours that we would have had each because we had so many pigs, we needed so many wranglers, and they each get. Like six, seven hundred dollars. The location. I mean, everything. I ended up uh, doing a student film. I loved the composer's work on it, and I was like, I'm going to save this guy's stuff for someday. I, I I never. I don't know. I might need it. I kept his name, and then I told Eric, I was like, Hey, I really like this guy's stuff. Check it out. And uh, and you know, we weren't. He wasn't thinking we would get a composer for this little hundred dollar teaser video. But I wanted to go that distance. I told him, I was like, Dude, if we're going to do this, we have to do it right because this is going to be the first representation of our film. Like, I, I would accept nothing less. And so we got a composer, we got a colorist, we got, you know, a sound guy to do a sound pass just for this little thing. But that's just, for me, I was like, this is... This is the bar that I want to set for our product. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't yeah. I don't I don't want, you know, us to to just skate by because we could, you know? So, um we did all this stuff and the composer, we ended up he's he ended up scoring Madison County and Roadside and people love his music. He's really great. His name's Igor Nemrovsky and but somebody I found, you know, in a student film. And so, so how did, how did you compensate him? If you, if you got,
0: if you got this $13,000 ranch for like 150 bucks, I'm curious how that happened. And then how were you able Mm -hmm. to kind of enroll these people to work on your film for, for free? Essentially. It
2: it was one of those things at the time when we got the teaser, we already had our effects team on board. Um, The the effects team uh, is led by Rob Hall. Who's like, I mean, he's like an A-list effects guy, like in in, in the genre and then big. I mean, he's wor- He's actually – he was working on Team Wolf as an effects artist, and now he's directing episodes on it. Like, he's wow. he's done huge stuff. Like, you if you just, look him up – You've met him through um, various people. Well, it, here, here's, it, here's it how that happened. Um, when Eric you – know, when Madison came on, uh, you know, when Eric was trying to get originally done, he reached out to this guy who he'd saw – uh, who he met a while ago is named Nick Principe. And that's who ended up playing our killer. And he was like, Nick, I'd love for you to play my killer. If, if, if we ever get this movie off the ground, and Nick was really down, you know, he believed in Eric. Er, er, I mean, you know, he, Eric talked to him for a long time and he was like, yeah, man, I'll do your film. You know, like we'll work it out. Don't worry. we'll, we'll I'll definitely do it. And oddly enough, Nick had just done a film that had, done really well in the horror genre called uh, Laid to Rest which Rob Hall directed who's the effects guy Mm -hmm. and it was like it's now you know they ended up doing a sequel and and, you know like they compare him Nick as the actor and and, like the the villain you know they'll talk about him like a Freddy or Jason you know I mean he's up like that character is very what's the word Uh, it's just very well known right now Mm -hmm. and um, so he was on board and he was like, "Hey, man, you know, you should talk to Rob because Rob has the life cast of me that we needed for the movie. And since you're going to make a mask, maybe he'll let you borrow that, and you can take it to somebody cheap, and then you know, just rent it from him for like a day. And then I think he'll do you the favor. <laughs> that's well, so cool the way these things come together. It, it, it really is, Trevor. And it's yeah. like one thing gets to next, and that's yeah. the biggest message I could say in producing. It really does. You know, one person on board gets the next person on board. You know, and because yeah. uh, they yeah. all want the best thing for the film if, if they're the right people. Yeah, and uh, so." I, I, talk, I sent Rob an email and Rob was like, "Oh yeah, man, send me the script." And I'm like, "Send you the script. Like, I dude, I just want to rent this cement head, like, you know, I'm like why well, not? Okay. <laughs> so I sent the script and he hits me back and he's like, "Yeah, I have I have some notes." He's like, uh, you know, uh, let let me know you what I'm, what I'm thinking. He's like, let, "Let's just meet up." So I go to Daniel and Eric and I'm like, "Dude, this guy wants to meet with us." And they're freaking out because like I said, he's like an A-lister and there's no way we can afford him so they're like no like we're not gonna meet with this guy like he's out of our league like why are we gonna meet with him you know and i was like dude trust me we need to meet with him i'm like at the very least because i you know eric is like he's almost like an actor like he just he holds himself he presents himself well and he's not afraid to talk like i mean mm-hmm. he can mm-hmm. sell you on so many things and he's a very passionate guy about his product so i was like no dude we need to get in the room because at the very least like he needs to meet us and you know of course the tendency is like, we need to meet him. But I was like, no, dude, like he, trust me, he needs to meet us. Like I I knew that Eric would sell him in the room and I knew he'd meet in meeting us where we were also passionate about what little we had that I, I, I knew it would work. And, and, and they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, dude, trust me. Like if it's not now, he'll remember us for the future, you know? And I was like, this is about, you know, longevity. So I was like, let's meet with this guy. So we went in and this guy had our script lined out, notepad like uh what do you call it Uh, post-its all over and he was like i want to talk about how we can amp this up and we're like and all you did was you just wanted to rent just wanted to rent from him and he just took head. the script and was like, Yeah, and he literally wow. was like, he was like, guys, I, I want to do this with you guys, but we, I want to find ways to amp this up. And we're like, he's just, it was for like an hour. We're sitting in his location where all these like, he worked on t- the Terminator series, so he's got a Terminator here. All these, he worked on Pineapple Express, so he's got uh, Seth Rogen's fake whole body that looks identical <laughs> right there. Like all these huge things. We're sitting in like a lab and surrounded by these great, you know, Art pieces that he's made for these movies and shows, and he's t- pitching us on why he's going to do the, our movie. And they're looking at me like we're like we must have hit footsies like thirty times. Like, <laughs> is this serious? Like, what? Why is he saying this? And Daniel, of course, the money guy, is like, "Dude, we can't afford him. We can't afford him. No, we can't afford him." I'm like, "Just chill. Just chill. We don't even know what he's saying yet." Because all these things were coming on, and <laughs> I'm like, awesome. he, I knew in my head, I'm like, I told him we have no money, you know, like little money, no money. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way he's going to assume that we can afford his rate, right, you know? Right. So, you know, after about an hour of being both excited and then just scared to shit about what this guy's going to say when it's finally done about how much it's going to cost, you know, after getting so excited, he, it, it, the conversation just ended where he was like, all right, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to amp up the kills and design the mask and stuff. And it was just left like that. And I was like, we're all just looking at each other. And I'm like, Yeah. And I'm looking at Daniel and I'm like, Dan, you got to ask him. You got to ask him. I'm not going to ask him. You got to ask him. (laughs) And Dan's like, "Um, all right. um, uh, This sounds great. (laughs) um, But about the money, like how. And, you know, he he just laid it out and he was basically like, you know, I mean, he's a southern guy too and he he loved Eric. They hit it off great. And he was just like, we'll work it out, save this much and, and we'll be good. And that much was doable for us for sure. And it was. Beyond wow. a deal for us, like beyond so a deal. I too. mean, it, it literally was like us shooting us a you know at that time fifty thousand dollars film, and 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 saying, I mean, who like Daniel Day just won the Oscar? That's like saying you know like you know Daniel Day or one of the other you know nominees saying, yeah, I'll do your film. Like that was the equivalent for his. You know, for right, his, right, uh, for for you guys. exactly yeah. for his, for his, uh, you know, specialty. So we were just like, Oh my God. Oh, we, uh, wow. Like, we, there's a video I took on quick of us like in the car after, and I'm like, Who, you know, I, I was something silly, and I'm like, Who's excited? I'm like, Yeah, it really sucks if you don't have almost human on your team. And we're just like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but it ended up working yeah. out. So when I went to the pig guy, going back to the teaser, that was already on board. Wow. So now anybody I talked to that was even remotely interested or knew the genre, whether they knew him or not, I could say this movie, this movie, this movie, this movie, this movie, this project that he's worked on. Because he was totally like, use my name, guys. Don't even worry about it. Right. Like That's he gave us that permission. Absolutely. That and really he was just really gracious with, with offering that to us. And so, you know, the, the pig ranch, they didn't know. They didn't know who he was. They were, But I was presenting it like so passionately and just. You know, I had thought it out, and I felt so comfortable saying, we're doing this film, we don't have a lot of money, but we have these people on board, A-listers, this and that, like, we'd love to shoot there. If you have a day that nobody's there, you know, I don't care, you know, like, just half a day, you know, we'll make it work, we just would love to shoot. And the guy was like, yeah, all right, you know, you could come out here and shoot, you know. He's like, well, there's gonna be motocross back there on this day, and I'm like, I don't care. We're gonna we'll shoot no sound, and it, we were already planning to shoot no sound, so it worked out. So literally, we just, you know, I mean, it was just a lot of luck and just using other people's moment, using momentum to build more momentum, you know. How and cool, then man. How by cool. the time it got to Igor, you asked about the composer. Again, like I said, hey, we just shot this thing and we had cut it together already. So when he saw it, it was like well done, at least, you know. And then I said, oh, we're shooting the feature. This is just a teaser to show. We're shooting the feature this day. It wasn't like, hey, we're using this to raise money to shoot the feature. The conversation also helped because we had the money. It was just like, hey, we're shooting this movie in the summer, but we shot this to sort of give a a little, you know, video representation so it was a different conversation you know it wasn't right. like they knew they were going to be a part of something that was doing that was going somewhere and i was like we don't have money to pay for the teaser but like we're still looking for the composer for the movie so if you know you guys work well together and you want to jump on board and we can make that work you know financially for you you know this may be great for for us all you know and he did it and then he did it for free and like a lot of people did and then and then we ended up using him on the feature i mean it ended up going great and then for roadside You know, we used him again. I mean, he was it was fantastic. You know, so it was just it was just really being resourceful and just you know, I mean, we everybody can identify with that. You know, it's just you know, you get if you're really excited about what you're doing and passionate, people will jump on board to help out. You know, and then all you need is one person who says, "Wait, my friend also does this." If you need this guy still, and and not not that not only that, it's like investing, right? Like, like we always learn, and in in Tom's book, he talks about like when you get an investor, once it's the hardest. Is to get that first person, but once you get that first person, the rest are are, are a lot easier because nobody wants to be the first person to give their money or whatever it is, whether it's money or a service. So once you get that first person, it's so much easier because you're like when you're talking to the next person, like, well, I got you know we have this person on board to offer this, this, and this, and they're like, oh, so now not only do you take away the the concern of them being the only person to like risk, Mm -hmm. but now they're also like well, shit, I also don't want to be the person to miss out on it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So they they don't want to not be invited to the party. So that starts to play in. So, yeah, in producing a film, once you get one piece lined up, the person who you have lined up wants to support the film because they want it to do well. They also don't want to be the only person risking, so they're going to offer out help. And then their friends, you know, like it's just a community thing, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm starting to realize, and I've said this before in the show, but that that and I'm grossly oversimplifying this. This is like just saying, "Oh, actors just say lines." But mm-hmm. but like I'm I'm realizing that producing is really just a fancy word for organizing stuff and asking for stuff. That's really that's really all it is and for some reason it becomes this big insurmountable title mm-hmm. in my head. but when it comes down to it, it's really it, people that produce aren't any smarter than anybody else no. they just they just they just put things together, they connect things and make spreadsheets and yes. Yeah for things for less money than they cost and exactly. stuff like that you know
2: no you're 100 percent right and i mean you know you're doing this podcast i mean you this is all producing in, in, in a sense for you you know what i mean And in a different way um but you're 100 percent right and and it's funny like after madison county people would come to me and they're like some of my friends who you know were just friends now they're like hey man um can i ask you some producing advice and I'm like what like who am i why are you asking me <laughs> right. producing advice i have one film you know but I didn't realize like i was i I was doing two things I was sort of um selling myself short but also um like you know feeling like way you know it, I, this is you know it's 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 way um what, what's the word uh you're you're pumping me up too much like this is not at all you know what I mean like right, right. this is not that but you're right you're hundred percent right like producing is it's just a lot of like these simple things and that's what I would tell people I'm like really. I, I was never trained for it. I, I took a couple classes. I read a book, but that's not training for this. I, you know, I never interned. I never did any, any of this stuff. Yeah. It's just a sensibility. Like it really is It's just, it's, it's a mindset, you know? And, and I do think it's very easy. You're right. But it's also, it's, it's also very difficult to, to do it well because here's the difference. Like, I think you're a very motivated person, and you know you're, you're obviously you're self-driven, and you do all these things. These are natural tendencies that that you have that also lend itself to like a producing, you know, as well. It would work well with that, but not everybody is like that. Like a lot of producing is time management, being proactive. Being proactive is so huge because it's really. Anticipating, you know, a lot of things. I mean, it's simple. If you're on set and you know, like food is an hour and a half away, we need to eat in 30 minutes. It's going to take 45 minutes for somebody to go. You know what I mean? Like you just have to know. Right, right. And then I have to be, be like, okay, now I got to go back to set and action. You know what I mean? And we're now now I'm filming as an actor in it. You know, but it's hard for. Those types of things, you know, not everybody can really sit there and process those things. You know what I mean? In tandem, yeah. Yeah. And and, and some people are better than others. Like Daniel, Eric, and I, we each have individual strengths as producers on on our films, for sure. You know, and we learn from each other. But um, there are so many basic things that are just like, like I said, we're all doing it. We're all doing it. Now, some can do it, you know, different things better, for sure. Um, and I just think like naturally I had always been a very self, like I said, you know, I got the job at Apple just so I could be able to do this. It's no different from me going to somebody as a producer and saying, Hey, I'd love to have you do this. You know, obviously we can't afford it, but getting their service and listed so then I can get something out. You know what I mean? Like we keep branching out, you know, it's just, it's, it, it was me being proactive as an app actor to just get the job at Apple in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really anticipating and thinking forward. Wow. But, but I mean, yeah. yeah, dude, I mean, they're all basic things and like, I always joke, I'm like, Like really, it's, 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 it's also knowing people because I can have 15 conversations in a day, but each 15 conversation, it has to be different because every person is different. You know what I mean? Personalities, it's dealing with personalities, you know? And you know, dude, like if you've ever had any type of waitering job, retailing job, anything sales, you have to deal with people and you have to deal with personalities. Mm -hmm. And that's why we knew You know, uh, if you're in that position, you know why some of the waiters or some of the salespeople or some of the associates or whatever are better than others. And often it's just because they know how to read people and listen and communicate with people right, differently right, I mean yeah. we know when we worked at Apple and some guy came in crazy you know like oh I gotta get my, my computer just crashed like okay we gotta handle exactly, that differently exactly. than the guy who's like yeah I'm not really sure what I want to spend my $3,000 on you know what I mean like yeah, and that's yeah. producing like a guy calls me up he's like I, 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 you know I'm gonna need all this gear for my you know the RDP like well you need all this gear for and it's like okay well this is what we have let's, let's try to figure this out and, you know you have to just be able to deal with people differently and that's also not an easy thing to do we all have to mm-hmm. do it but some people are better than others you know yeah. but I think at, at, a, at, a, at a simple level producing yeah we're all doing it and we're all doing it like you said and, and 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 we all have the skills for it and it's just being aware of it you know and and, and, and honestly like the simplest thing that I would always tell Eric and Daniel when we're doing this and because I I just knew this and I was like it really is true it was the same it, the Rob Hall example with the effects was the perfect example of that when it happened I said, you can't be afraid. Um, Basically, you can't say no for people because Mm -hmm. we'll sit here and say, ah, they're too big for us or, ah, no, they'll never do our film or we can't afford them or, or no, they're probably going to be busy or whatever. We're we're just saying no for them, you know? they were saying no for rob and i was like i'm not going to let him, i'm not going to let us say no for him let's go in and let him say let no, him say no. Exactly. and that's that was it he didn't say yeah. no and and that's always what i would tell people and that that applies to everything not just producing mm-hmm. but a lot of producing is that like not being afraid to make the phone call cuz it's the toughest thing man like and for me casting that and also being an actor like It's hard at doing films at our level because, like, I'm not out there to get people. Like, I'm not making, I'm not becoming, I'm not rich off of Red Madison or Roadside. Like, we hardly got paid anything for all of these films, you know, that we've done. But, like, so, but what I, which I don't mind because I signed up for that. I invested in that. But what was hard for me is to get past not being able to pay people what they deserve, their Mm -hmm. rates, you know? Mm Because I'm like, oh God, I don't want to make that phone call and say, Hey man, I know you get paid four hundred dollars a day to you know do sound, but like we really want to have you on board. We only have a thousand for the whole month. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Now, if I was gonna let, if I was gonna say no for them, I just wouldn't have called. But you know, that's the hard conversation for me to have. That you know, because mm-hmm. I genuinely know, like I don't want to shortchange them, but I want them on board, and I don't want them to think I'm I'm trying to screw them. You know. Uh, but I mean, consistently, I get that feedback from a lot of the people, and that work on our film is they're like, dude, you're just like, I, I, they thank me for being like just very courteous of, of what they have on board. And that's how I approach. I'm like, dude, look, I understand this is a business. I understand it's a career. I understand you need to make your ends meet. So if you cannot do this, there are no hard feelings. Like, honestly, there are no hard feelings. We'll find something for the future. Um, I understand. I understand that. But if you can, this is what we're able to afford. And people appreciate that. It's it's when people are, like, beating around the bush, you know, right. like, right. like every Craigslist, I put I put up the mount because I'm like, I don't care. And I get flagged all the time because it's low and it's like, you know, which that's a whole different thing. I wish people wouldn't because it's like, do we all have to start somewhere. And yeah. we all didn't yeah. get, you know, our top paying gigs right off the bat, you know, but... I get flagged all the time, but I'm honest about it. So that way when the people come, I'm not wasting their time. They're not wasting mine. And they're like, oh, you really are paying this? I'm like, yeah, dude, that's all I got. Like better for better or worse, that's what right, what it right, is, you right. know? Um, and, and luckily, a lot of our crew came back not only for roadside. When we thought we already pulled our one-time favors, you know, mm-hmm. we're like, okay, they're not going to do this again. They loved the way we worked. They loved the product that we had. They came to us i was almost saying no a lot for that because i was like i can't reach out to them again i don't want to be that person i've already they've already gotten paid so little for the first one i don't want to call them up again and be like you know i don't want them to think that i'm saying hey dude you weren't worth getting more you know what i mean like so i didn't and then somebody approached me and they're like why didn't you call me and i was like oh dude i mean we couldn't offer you any more than we did you know and they're like i don't care we would have done it man i love working with you guys and we had so (laughs) many return to not only that film but the second film, it, like the third film Eric did, which I wasn't a part of, but to his as well, because it's just yeah. people like working with good good people, you know? It's so funny. I noticed that time and time again in this industry, that people,
0: uh, they get to where they're going
2: mm-hmm.
0: because they're such gracious people, because they're, right. they, they're not concerned about the money first and foremost. You know, it's obviously an element, but it's not like it's not what it's all about. They just mm-hmm. want to do good work.
2: It's a labor and of that's, love, That's man. how
0: they get to where they are. It
2: really is. Yeah.
1: Alright everyone, welcome back Hopefully you enjoyed part 2 of our interview with Ace Marero And I uh, look forward to part 3 coming at you next week Yes indeed um, let just jump into our uh, Picks of the Week Yeah, let's jump into our Picks of the Week Alright, awesome um, So my Pick of the Week, uh, I mentioned earlier, is Airbnb uh, B&B obviously standing for Bed and Breakfast Bed um, and Beyond and bed, <laughs> bath and be- bed, Bath and B&B, and B&B and Beyond Bed and Breakfast <laughs> ba it's a website people may already you know know about this but it's a website slash service slash iphone and android app um that essentially allows you to book rooms in people's homes or apartments or whatever to stay in um you know for one night two night you know a week whatever you can also put rooms up for rent. If you say live in a house or apartment or something, and one of your roommates has gone away for an extended period of time, obviously you want to check in with your right. landlord right. or something. Don't want yeah. to do anything uh, uh, to piss them off or, um, or do anything illegally. But what I love about what I learned this weekend is I had never thought about using it to actually book a location or f- scout a location. So for all you uh, budding producers, directors, writers maybe even location scouts out there um it's another resource to actually use to find a set Wait, i didn't know you were using it to scout a location <clears throat> i wasn't they did that's what i was saying that's what i was oh, saying oh, oh right, right 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 so sorry on this, i gotcha sorry viking uh, on this feature film shoot this weekend i heard them saying that they found the places that they found on airbnb did they actually just <coughs> connect with the Airbnb people, like the people who were putting those places
0: up for rent or whatever, and just say, hey, we don't necessarily want to stay here, but we would love to shoot here. Yep,
1: That's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. What a and smart move. Yep, And one of, and one of the people, you know, and obviously it's like, you know, they're going to, they're going to charge them uh, the same that they that we would have on Airbnb or possibly more. I don't know. Um, but, you know, for the person who's trying to rent it out, like, of course, it's like a win-win. They're like, yeah, of course, shoot you know, whatever here, like that, that means I'm renting it out. Yeah. And what what I thought was funny was they were talking about how one of the houses that they were um, renting out had just been, like, redone. Just been remodeled. Like, they refloored the whole thing and painted the walls and everything. And apparently, it's kind of a well-known fact that if someone uses your location, your uses your home to shoot, it's going to get destroyed. They were saying <laughs> this and I was like, "Really? Is that like a thing?" And they're like, "Yeah." Um and they were talking about they're like, "Yeah, we might actually have to like redo these floors again even though they were just redone because, wow. you know, we um were shooting in it." So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. So, it has a tie into the entertainment industry. And it's also just like nice. I just uh, did a trip down uh, from San Francisco back down to Los Angeles, uh, taking the one Mm -hmm. um, on the coast. And I stayed in, uh, I used Airbnb to stay in in Carmel, which is like a super nice place. And Santa Barbara. Yeah, Carmel's gorgeous. And Santa Barbara, both of which are like gorgeous, gorgeous places. And they were, it was not that expensive. And the people I met were super cool. And, you know, we. Like I just stayed in, and we just hung out like at their place and like, you know, it was like nice to meet you and sometimes they'll make you coffee in the morning or breakfast or whatever and tell you where there's some cool places to check out in that area. And
0: yeah, I was going to say that's, that's the coolest thing is that you're staying with a local who can kind of direct you to all the cool shit that's, that's around, you know, all the history, all the, the kind of cool stuff that maybe the tourist books don't pick up on, you Mm -hmm. know?
1: So just check it out. There'll Mm -hmm. be a link on our website. So, so, so check it out. Yeah. Awesome, man. So my pick of, the week, pick of the week. My pick of the week is uh, is a food product um,
0: because that's been my focus as I'm kind of healing my wrist. I've done a lot of. I'm I'm an analyzer. I'm a supporter analyzer. Uh, so I like to know everything possible about something before I start it, or if I don't have a choice, then I've already done it. Like this wrist surgery, for instance, uh, I like to know everything about it post surgery. So um, in all my research, I was looking at you know how to heal bones faster and how to, you know, mend muscles faster. And how can I basically hack my body to finish this phase of things as quickly as possible? And what just came back over and over again was unsurprisingly diet, 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 lots of greens, lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, lots of water, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I've been drinking this awesome stuff, um, that I'm sure podcast listeners have heard me talk about before. And I definitely have been talking about it on our fitness challenge group. It's called Shakeology. It's made by Beachbody, the company that makes P90X and Insanity. And it's this nutritional drink. It's like a powder. It's like a protein powder, but I drink the vegan kind. So there's no animal products used in it. <clears throat> but it's like superfoods out the ass. Um, Not literally. But like you get just tons of like crazy like stuff that you can only find in like You know, Uruguay, like in the rainforest of Uruguay, some special tree roots and some... I mean, a lot... If you're a health nut, you probably have heard of a lot of these things. But um, a lot of it is just really potent stuff. And and I can tell that it works because of the way I feel when I drink it. And it's not some weird Kool-Aid. It's like it really is just really high quality, super healthy stuff. Mm. I am not normally the kind of person that recommends supplements and things like that i think the supplement industry is for the most part a big sham and a big ripoff and i think it screws a lot of people out of a lot of money i'm very much the kind of guy who's like why don't you just eat fresh fruits and vegetables and you know you know wild caught salmon and grass-fed beef and you know like gluten-free everything else and just enjoy a natural diet like why go buy this powder or super food Whatever thing, but Shakeology is the exception. Um, with it, with a few others that I'd love to talk about some other time. But uh, I, I love this stuff. I can't can't recommend it enough. And if anybody's interested in trying some, I can send you a sample. So just uh, get in touch with the podcast. Disclaimer: I'm a Beachbody coach, so if you do end up purchasing a bag of this, um, I do get a commission on it. But if you purchase it and you're like, actually, I hate it, you can actually finish the whole bag and send the empty bag back. And, and then actually I don't think you have to send it back. You just call them and say, I didn't like it. And they'll, they'll refund your entire, your entire amount. So oh. there's, there's really no risk to you and it's, it's amazing stuff. And the worst thing, the worst case scenario is you waste a few minutes on the phone, canceling your order and you get 30 days of this awesome bag of stuff, uh, which I guarantee you will love. I'd be so surprised if somebody tried this and was like, I don't like it. That, that would be really surprising to me. So, uh, that was long, but that's my pick of the week, Shakeology. And uh link is on our website. Awesome. We also have a listener pick of the week. Real quick, Lee Vang writes in uh, with 20 reasons why going to the gym is a huge waste of time. <laughs> and uh, it is basically a collection it's of... It's, it's not what you it's think. Not. It's not what you think. It's not. It's a collection of... <laughs> Of gifs basically and a gif for the for the uninitiated is like an animated photograph that just kind of repeats over and over again is that a
1: accurate description yes um when, that, he, when, he, when he, he said he's saying gifs dot gif yes thank you apostrophe s not that's, gifs that's as the, in a present right yeah dot gif is the file
0: extension um, and it's it's different than like a dot jpeg for instance because a dot jpeg is just a photo but a, a gif is is a several photos that just play in succession over and over over the course of, you know, two, three seconds. When you see it, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But anyway, it's just a bunch of those. And it's just people, like, basically epically failing on their exercise equipment just and hurting it, themselves it, at basically. first i was like this is stupid but like after like the 12th one i was like actually this is hilarious
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there it is uh check out the like watching that it's link scheidenfreude yeah for those of you who are avenue q fans there yeah. you go scheidenfreude <laughs> we're watching people hurt themselves and giggling yeah yeah
0: so thank you lee for uh, sending that in that's good for a, a good laugh uh, and I think that does it for episode 102. Yes, let's yeah. wrap
1: this baby up. Let's wrap her up. So,
0: um, <laughs> lots of different ways that you can communicate and be engaged with the podcast. Um, obviously, first place you want to go is, uh, is our website, insideactingpodcast.com, and you can leave a comment on any of our posts there. We'll see that, or, or you can call or email the podcast. Email address is insideactingpodcast at gmail.com, and the phone number to leave us a voicemail. Preferably about how much you enjoy this little thing we do is two one three two actors. That's two one three two 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 eight six seven seven.
1: And uh, what haven't we done yet? Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes. Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes are all inside acting. Um, and of course, uh, last but not least, you can donate to the podcast by going to our website at insideactingpodcast dot com. You can do a one time lump sum donation or become a patron, which will get you on our beautiful website. <laughs> yes indeed in fact we have a new patron that we, we we didn't mention
0: at the beginning of the episode which is uh oh, tiffany yeah. tiffany hudson am i saying that correctly
1: i think so yes
0: um she came to your effective listening for the actor workshop yes. I'm, i had the chance to meet her there and she's very cool and had some nice things to say about the show and obviously about your workshop which was very nice things to say worthy is that a sentence it is now in my head it worked before it came out it is now um so tiffany thank you so much for for being our, our newest patron and we're we're um discussing discussing some possible changes to the podcast that will make the patron uh status uh far more valuable so not that it's not right now but um we think you'll dig it so um thank you for that and anybody who's interested you know where to go to send us money Because AJ just talked about it. (laughs) Wow. Um, (laughs) I
1: wish you guys could see his eyes when he sounds this way. It's like this 30 yard stare, like, I'm on Vicodin. It's funny. You know,
0: everybody reacts to it a little bit differently. And and, uh, when I was taking three pills a day, four pills a day, when I was like fresh out of the surgery and my arm was like a balloon still, it was so swollen, I I found that I almost like built up a tolerance to it. Either that or the pain was so great that they weren't as effective (coughs) as they should be. But I don't remember being this kind of groggy when I would take it then. I think because I was just so addled by just what was happening to my body. But now I'm kind of like I'm sort of back to normal. And so when I take it, it really does a number on me. Um, and I have a few left. I mean, wants to the buy <laughs> them.
1: Oh my God. Stop pushing pills on the podcast. We're going to get shut down. I was,
0: I was, um, I was laying on the couch watching TV, uh, in Philly and I saw a news article. This is like a day after my surgery. So I had Percocet, Vicodin and Celebrex and three bottles around me. And I saw this, this news story about these two teenagers who were like arrested and thrown in jail for basically selling Vicodin and Percocet on the street for like thirty dollars a pill, and part of me was like, hmm. <laughs> "How bad is this pain? <laughs> you know, I can put up with this. I can put up with this." Great. Come here, kids. <laughs> a couple thousand dollars. Um, so funny. No, well, I'm when kidding. I first got I'm here, kidding, they're not
1: for sale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. They're not for sale. <laughs> they're mine. All mine. When I first got here, he, uh, Trevor was like, "I've only got a few left." But I got a whole bottle of Percocet. <laughs> he was, like, so excited. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. My co-host is addicted to drugs. Yeah. Yay, surgery. Yeah, and
0: you got to be careful because they are addictive. I mean, the doctors schooled me very thoroughly on, on the addictive properties of these drugs. And they were like, no refills. Be careful. You know,
1: like, take it easy. I've I heard that that's how a lot of people get addicted is that they have some actually medical prescription reason to take them. And then when they don't need them anymore, yeah, they are addicted to them, and then they go out and seek them out, and, yeah, and, and figure out way, other ways, other methods of getting them.
0: I think a big part of it is having an addictive personality, so to speak, <laughs> whatever that, whatever that is. Um, I, I don't believe I have that, but you know, we'll see. I got six pills left. So we'll oh find my out. god! <laughs>
1: join, uh, us join us next when week when <laughs> Trevor is going through withdrawals, <laughs> sweating and shaking, yeah, kicking and like. I having know. seizures, You're just going
0: to carry that episode. Oh my god! Um, or but I'll be
1: super happy because
0: I've moved on to a new drug.
1: Tune into one hundred and three. Yeah, find find out next week. Is Trevor addicted to drugs? <laughs> <Da-da-da>. <laughs> it's like a soap opera around here.
0: So I think that does it for episode one hundred and three. Get us out of here. Get us out of here for episode one oh true. true. I'm Trevor Algod.
1: I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, go connect with your family friends, brothers, sisters, I've been surrounded by a lot of people dealing with death lately Mm -hmm. and life is precious. So go connect with your family, connect with your friends. Amen. Give your, give somebody you love a hug. We'll see you next week.